this edition, we have the pleasure of speaking with Eric Francis, CEO of Trifecta Ecosystems. Hello to you. Hello, how are you doing? So let's dive straight in, Eric. Tell me a little bit about how you got to this point in your career. Yep. So um, so it's actually been, a, I guess you can say it is a little bit planned in the sense that, so I did go to uh, Central Connecticut State University. Um, I graduated in 2010. It's kind of funny now. I can be like, I was a decade out you know, of school now. You know, <laughs> I'm in my 30s now. I have a little bit of wisdom. But um, but I always knew that I wanted to, um, you know, be an entrepreneur, do startups, or kind of like create and invent. And uh, when I uh, when I graduated CCSU, uh, my senior thesis was actually a community center, and that kind of got me involved in Reset. That's up in Hartford, and it kind of started this evolution of looking at Connecticut as a good startup ecosystem. I was actually talking to somebody yesterday is that um, I read a Brad Feld's book about startup ecosystems and what you have to do to kind of get one off the ground. And it's been fascinating to watch everybody in Connecticut do that because it's, it starts with, okay, do this program over here, do this activity or get these people together and just talk and, and kind of share ideas. So that kind of led me on this path of meeting people. Um, I worked for another company, another small business, and tried to help them kind of launch a new product line around senior housing and, and kind of uh, keeping people out of senior housing, actually, and, and staying in their homes. Um, and then uh, from there, actually, uh, you know, kind of got, I say bored with it, but I, didn't, I knew that that wasn't where I wanted to be. And so I uh, decided to enter into uh, the Reset Accelerator, actually their Impact Accelerator in 2014. And I entered in with a, uh, an idea for an aquaponic uh, business or uh, aquaponic farming business. And that's actually where I met my two business partners, uh, Kieran and Spencer. They were in the same cohort. And uh, it's one of those things where as an entrepreneur, sometimes you have to, it's better to realize that you have to partner with other people and you have to bring in other people that share your vision. And we we clicked uh, we, we clicked on our vision, which was very interesting is that we've, and we talked about it recently, is that what we talked about five, six years ago in, in the backyard of Spencer's house in his greenhouse, we're still doing today. Um, we've had ups and downs uh, in between, but we're still doing that. It's um, amazing. It, what year did Trifecta get get established? Yeah, so like? so interesting is that so uh, so Kieran and Spencer, when I met them in 2014, they had a small business called Fresh Farm Aquaponics. Um, it was about two years old. It was kind of one of those those businesses, as most kind of uh, entrepreneurs do, is that they had a hobby and they're like, I'm going to turn it into a business, right? And so that was kind of them. Uh, and then when I met them in 2014. Uh, we we shared a vision and I came on as a third partner at that point um, and so we changed the name in Trifecta in 2015 so oh, yeah, yeah and then that's also when we, we we were one of the first benefit corporations to sign when when the legislation came in, into effect in uh, 2014 as well so it's been it's been a, a long road to here you know so amazing what, what are kind of the core values for Trifecta and, and what you and the guys are doing yeah so um, so when it comes, we, we want to change local food, you know, ecosystems. Um, and what, what I mean by change it is that there's there's phenomenal stuff happening in every city around food, we, we, you know. And and so it's not necessarily changing; it's making it more um, more profitable. But let's be kind of frank about it: is that being a farmer is still very difficult today. Being a restaurateur today is still very difficult. If you are in the food space and you're kind of direct to consumer, it's a difficult business. It's a lifestyle business. And so for us, we always use, look at aquaponics as a tool. So aquaponics, just for everybody. Aquaponics is a combination of aquaculture and hydroponics in one ecosystem. So we feed the fish and uh, through that and through their breathing, ammonia is created. And we turn that ammonia through filtration into nitrates, and nitrates are what uh, plants use to grow. So we uh, we use that, and we use it as a kind of an urban farming model. 
none of us came from an agricultural background. So I, wow. it's a good thing, good thing and a bad thing, right? It's always one of those things where uh, if we knew how difficult it was, <laughs> we probably wouldn't have done it. <laughs> But, uh, but yeah, so we, um, so, so when it comes to the core values, I mean, we, we want to connect with the people. We want to be a part of the community everywhere we go. If we're going to have different locations around different, you know, different cities, they have to act differently because every, every community's food ecosystem is different. The way they interact with food is different depending on the different cultures you have in, the, in that community. So for us, I, it's hard to answer the values. It really is. And, and why I mean by that is that, you know, we, we can put it on paper. We can put our vision, mission, and everything, but we just have to go out and do those actions, right? And it's and it's almost like a Ben uh, Ben Horowitz. I just read his his recent book about you know you are what you do, or I don't know if the title of it. And it's like it's our actions that tell us our, our kind of our, our values. Um, but we just want to be a part of local food ecosystems. So. In its most simplicity, that works. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you know, and and uh, we want to do it. Uh, we want to go direct to consumer too. That's the other thing is that yes. we a big part of this is that we want people to understand that they have uh, agency over their food system in their town, in their city, the way they spend their dollars, the way they interact with the food producers, whether it be a farmer, a value adder, uh, a grocery store on, on your uh, uh, street corner, the way you interact with them, that input actually changes stuff. So, Absolutely. you know. Okay, so what do you wish you'd known before you started out on this career path? <laughs> Bearing in mind you yeah, knew nothing yeah, about it. Yeah, and, and um, what I wish I would have known. So that's kind of a funny thing because, again, I, I think that if I knew everything, I wouldn't, you know, it's uh, it's kind of thing. I, I was listening to a podcast, I think, with uh, um, Tim Ferriss and this other guy, and he was saying that, like, um, it's almost bad because he knows so much. Because he can, he can actually be like, wow... That doesn't make sense or you know like i'm running the numbers it doesn't you know it's gonna be too much effort to do something so um i think the naivety a little bit is, is nice the knowledge that we have now is even better right uh, one of the things that we did actually say is that we don't know how much an aquaponic system can produce and if i don't know how much an aquaponic system can produce how am i going to develop a business model for an urban farming model right absolutely and so w what we did is that we you know we took the honest approach which i will have to say is that uh i guess self-awareness is, is is a big key of this whole thing is, is understanding what you're good at what you're not good at is that we set out on the path to find how much we can produce in an aquaponic system so we did a usda specialty crop block grant we built different size systems we built an indoor system and then for a year and a half we we measured and what figured you know how much came off the system how much went in and, and the whole thing and now uh after you know five years we know very confidently how much we can produce off of the system so are you saying that knowing that information before you started might have been more helpful well, well, it, 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 it would have been it would have been it definitely would have been helpful 100 percent. it would have changed our trajectory completely yes. we, we would have looked at it differently it would have been a straight business to sit, you know like we wouldn't we actually probably wouldn't have gotten into a lot of the education stuff that we did because you know what's funny is that we went to reset and at reset they you know this is when the lean startup mentality started coming into uh, effect and when i went to uh, business school uh, at Cent central the running kind of uh, theory about entrepreneurship is that you write a 50 page business plan you bring that business plan to an investor, try to get money for them. Then you go out and talk to customers and try to go sell your product right after you build it. Well, then it, it, I'm glad that, you know, I went through the accelerator because that was the first time where I saw it really in practice. And I, I talked to, took to it so quickly because it was like, go out and talk to 100 customers before you even know what you, what you want to do. And so what happened with Trifecta, and interesting enough, is that I went through that entire accelerator with another business idea. It actually came in second place after here in Spencer, but I was also working with them on theirs. And one thing that we found out was that aquaponics is a tool that can engage both uh, your local you know, food ecosystem, but also it, it can engage a student in the classroom, 
right? I know I wasn't the best student. I wasn't, you know, I, I've been run into science teachers that are like, I can't believe you're bringing <laughs> educational stuff to school, right? Like you, we didn't believe you would be the one, but um, learning the ammonia uh, cycle and the nitrate cycle, the nitrogen cycle those are all things that we had to learn just by putting up our systems and doing the different things so so we so again if we knew all that knowledge we would have probably skipped over a lot of the farm to school work that we're doing a lot of the therapeutic gardening work that we're doing with nonprofits, the vocational work that we've been doing so you know it's kind of it's kind of funny is that uh again you don't know what you don't know yeah, and, and absolutely kind of hindsight so, 2020 yeah yeah it's, yeah it's always hindsight and so okay so a little more about you eric tell me if you could have dinner with any figure in history who would it be and why and what question would you ask them yeah so that's so it's kind of interesting i will have to say is that when it comes to podcasts like i've been i've been uh, very interested in in history uh actually if you if uh, for everybody out there if you're interested in history uh, dan carlin's hardcore history phenomenal podcast but one person um lately i've been hearing a lot about and i don't have one person off the top of my head i, I think there's a lot of people i'd want to talk to one person that i, I may want to talk to and this is interesting is that winston churchill and the reason and the reason and the reason why I, uh, that kind of comes to head is that one i love to say is that we had a dog named after winston churchill and my, <laughs> rest in peace winston you're a great dog um but um but I didn't know how how unsuccessful he actually was. Like he had a lot of ups and downs. I mean, he. I mean, there. Like, it, you 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 only see back. You know, you look back in history and you're like, wow, he um, uh, he was successful. He was be able to get things done. Oh no, he had so many flaws, so many ups and downs. You know, his personal life versus you know public life was completely opposite. You know, and so that's interesting to me at this point. Um, after being ten years in the in the grind of everything. Um, how you face a tough situation and and not let it cripple you and move on from it has been that's like the number one skill I would, I would instill in anybody. I bet if you ask me in you know a year, I'll probably say somebody It'd else. Be somebody so. totally <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's not a it's not a bad starting point. Uh, what's the greatest personal fear that you've had to face in your life? So I'm 32. I think I mentioned it before is that like kind of I've always had this kind of trajectory with my career is that I've always wanted to be in the startup realm and kind of like the starting of something uh, and so forth. And uh, as you can imagine, that's pretty risky. You know, like I, I've had many of friends who've gone out to very successful careers in other places and, you know, are able to do other things in life. Um, and one thing uh, when it comes to entrepreneurship is can you provide for yourself, right? That's, that, that's what it comes down to. At the end of the day, entrepreneurship and building a business, can I provide for myself? And by, by the way, I left a good paying job and a good position and then started, decided, you know, let's start something, right? And so providing for yourself and everything. And, and by the way, it's like kind of funny. So you hear Gary Vee and you hear all these people where it's like, do the most risky stuff when you're younger. You you don't have people depending on you. You don't, I mean, you may have some debt, but whatever, like you can figure that out. You have, you have time and everything. So I, I we talked about it a little bit before, but uh, so I uh, I just got married. And so, so that, thank you very much. So again, that was part of the, the that was part of the, the vision of my life, you know, finding my soulmate, you know, kind of getting married and everything like that. Um, but then also having a family. And so here's the kicker. I have, I have a son coming in in uh, June. And that scares the living crap out of me. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> as it and, should. <laughs> and 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 it, and it scares me because as an entrepreneur, it, and, it, and it's kind of funny. I've talked to some people where it's like, once you know that you're going to have a kid, it changes everything. It changes the way you look at every single scenario um, and, and so forth. So being able to provide for a family uh, without having to kind of sacrifice the vision of what I want for my life. That's always been a scary thing. Luckily and unluckily, maybe I've dealt with a bunch of tough scenarios in my life, you know, growing up and, and so forth. So, you know, being able to provide for your family and then and, and still being able to do the, the work that you want to do, 
So um, do you think that you will overcome this fear? Your son is imminent, yeah, if you like, yes, in some yeah, ways. Yep, yep. Are you going to continue on the same path you're on now? Yes and no. So um, What changes? So um, so this is a, 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 a it, it's interesting. Is While you're so committed to what you're doing and you see a pathway out, one thing you have to be as an entrepreneur or something is that when you face a bad situation, you will pull the good out of it. What can I learn? How can I change? How can I do this? What did I do wrong? You know, in the scenario to make opportunities you know, exactly to learn, right. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, so one thing that has changed is saying, okay, I can like compartmentalize that, but here's the other side. Because as an entrepreneur, I'll put my employees first, and, and my business partners will do the same thing. So um, it's more or less saying that you have to prioritize. You have to you have to kind of say uh, at some point where it's like, listen. Yes, I can't do this, but I have to do something else to bring in money. And and it's actually kind of funny, is that so diversify? Yeah, you to have to you sure have you... to diversify and everything like that. Um, and it's it's so funny, is that I feel like so many entrepreneurs out there right now, um, and it, and especially the ones that are, are funded by investors and, and kind of have this thing, they have this this guilt and the shame about it when they think about having to do something else just to bring in money. It's it's almost like it's almost like, but I am committed to this. You know what I'm saying? I like I'm not walking away. I'm not doing this. But I I, I gotta I gotta go wait tables, which I've done in the past. I gotta go do this. I gotta do that just to yeah. bring in bring in money, right? And so a means to been, an end. It is. It yeah. is. And it's, and it's like it, it's a means to be able to continue what you're doing. And it's been very uh, uh, relieving actually since I actually got back from my honeymoon. I've been talking to uh, some people, being like, "Listen, like, this is where we are in a business. You know, yeah, you got it, man. Like, you got it. You got to make that hustle." And it's and it's kind of funny because you don't really hear about these entrepreneurs and the people that are successful at these companies, what they do on the side just to make their venture work. Like, like you don't hear about all the extra stuff they have to do and all the the the, the, the dirty work, the struggles, whatever. Like- um, you maybe hear it at the end when they write their book, but. Um, it's one of those things where it's it's kind of overcoming the the shame and guilt saying that like let, let's be frank a lot of the times the startup for a young person is your baby right you're you're nurturing this thing like when this idea w- was back five years ago when we were talking about it the three of us to where it is now like it, it's grown up maybe it hasn't hit puberty yet maybe it's you know <laughs> maybe in, in high school but uh um it, it's just kind of balancing that um and I, I guess it and, and yeah yeah and i guess the, the other thing is that i've always been a very ambitious person um but family has always been a big thing so really being able to balance that um work-life balance work-life integration whatever you want to call it like it's like doing that and being able to still connect and, and have those meaningful relationships that's my biggest worry because i can't do anything else in this world even having more impact on the community or business or whatever without the the people behind me and, my, and yeah and my, you know family and friends your support system right you have to have a support system outside of the the ecosystem so thinking about your business now as it is if you could snap your fingers and make one cultural change what would it be and why oh man cultural change so it's interesting when you think about culture and you have like four people you have like a small you have a small thing a bunch so one thing that we have been very great at is self-awareness and have, being able to have tough conversations with each other. I, I don't want, want to use the words call each other out, but you do, right? You say, listen, you're not good at this. I'm not good at this. Let's have these tough conversations. Openness. Um, yeah. Open openness, being able to go home, sleep on it, come back and be like, okay, I heard what you said last time. I, 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 you know, I listened to it. Cultural change. Um, so making decisions faster. Uh, making bolder bets and also I, I would uh, this is sounds very weird but standing up for our vision and f- for our expertise 
because here's the one thing I think that one, um, and, and we're kind of getting over this right now, is that earlier on, because we didn't have the experience in ag and because we didn't have something, we didn't, we didn't feel that we had the agency or the, the experience to say, right? We, we know this or we know that or we know the path, right? But now we do, and we can, and we can kind of like draw a line, being like, you know, like this is where our knowledge is, and this is where your knowledge is, and so we can bring them together. But, and and that's that's just more based on like, because we're all about making partnerships and collaborations with with people and organizations. Um, that's the way we roll. So um, making decisions faster is is always good for for the long term. So. What do you do when you're not focused on your work? What do you do to relax? <laughs> that is hilarious. That relax? is hilarious. Like, come on, you've not got a baby yet. There yeah, must no, be some no, downside. I know, right? I know, right? <laughs> so that's what they that's what they say is that you're not gonna have any free time. Um, honestly, uh, hanging out with with loved ones, uh, friends, and family. Um, it's if if I look back on the past you know few years, it's hard to say like you know how much free time I had. Working seven days a week is very normal. You know, like getting up and even if you're going in for a few hours or doing something, it's, it's very normal. I like podcasting. I have a podcast. <laughs> I listen to podcasts, um, having those conversations. So interacting and talking with people, that, that's kind of my, my shtick. I can sit down at a bar and just, you know, end up with, you know, four hours later talking <laughs> to, yeah. to, to people. Lately, though, I, I've been trying to figure out ways to disconnect and, and do other things. Mm-hmm. As an entrepreneur, I will have to say is that, or in, in the earlier stages, sometimes you don't have the ability to go do the, some of the other things you want to do because there's always a cost to something, opportunity cost or monetarily, right? So it's more now just trying to figure out how to do it. Um, exercise has been un- unbelievable. I will have to say the past two years, I've always been an athlete and everything like that. But uh, exercise has been one of those things where it's like a therapy and it's good for your health, you know? So uh, so that's been one thing that I've kind of taken to. Um, what do you um, do? Do you run the gym? I, every morning about? just in, at the gym, you know? So at, before actually, before uh, when I went to the Reset Accelerator, I went in uh, because I was... Uh, I was a big uh, uh, runner in like uh, Tough Mudders and Spartan races, so yeah. I was doing a lot of those. And I actually went into the the accelerator with an idea for an obstacle course gym, so a gym where you can train yeah, for all this. Yeah, yeah. Hilariously enough, is some of the people I interviewed five years ago now have gyms. Oh, wow. oh, oh, yeah. And I've actually met some of them. There's some in Connecticut that are that are around. Like some of those people that I talked to and kind of was like, they're like, oh, this or that, and they're sponsored by Spartan now, or they're sponsored by this, and they have their own gym. So it's it's good to see that. But unfortunately, those cost money, right? I would continue to do those. Those are a weekend, uh, a couple hundred dollars. So it's like, I would love to keep doing those and I would do those. I'm, maybe now I can start doing more of them. I don't know, when I have a kid. You know, so it's yeah. again, I, it's, it's all no those things. Yeah, my, my, yeah. <laughs> my child is going to be my, 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 uh, my, my way to get away from it. Um, do you watch television? Are you into television? Uh, yeah, so I guess that is the one thing maybe I, I do get uh, do get into. Talk um, to me. What's your favorite TV show on oh, Netflix man. series? Or so, so films? what's the been, mo- been the most disturbing to watch is uh, uh, blanking on the name. Uh, dark thing. Black what? Mirror. Black Mirror. Oh. That, so that that's been like uh, I've been I like that uh, show. I'm the type where. Uh, like I let the wife pick most of the time. Very um, wise man. Yes, yes, I, I've I've learned. I've learned over. I've, I, I've, I hear people and what they say, and, and it's a repeating factor that you keep on hearing. Happy wife, happy yes, life. Yes, exactly. So, um, still difficult. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I, Black Mirror is one that's always stuck with me. I kind of go back. I'm, I'm a repeat watcher, so oh, I'm no. so I'm actually I'm actually more um, the type where I need to have something in the background while I do work. So even if it's if I'm not even hearing it like visually, I can see it. So I'll put on a movie like on repeat or this or that. Actually, one I'll put one movie out there is is kind of an awkward one, but um, it's called like Sloan or something like that, or or, or um, it's a, kind of like a political kind of thriller, and it's all about it's more just about like how you get things kind of done. Or like, that's how I saw it, kind of a thing. But uh, so, anyways, oh, nice. So back to business. Which stakeholder is most important in your company? So yeah, so that's kind of an uh, it's 
it's interesting because you'd say the consumer, you'd say the customer, the person who's paying. So um, you got to treat them right. You got to do that. But I'd, I'd also go back. It's my business partners and my employee. Like you know what I'm saying. Like without them, nothing can happen. And I can't I can't do what I need to do at the at the consumer level. So I actually think it's more about just balancing. Uh, balancing which one's right or which one's more important in the scenario that you're in and i think that that's actually a kind of an interesting thing is because to say one's more important than the other in the back of your mind like some i know i don't feel right about saying that one's better than the other or one's more important than the other because without the whole thing it doesn't run it doesn't work mm-hmm. um we are definitely trying to focus more on the consumer and giving them and letting them feel that they have uh, agency with their consumer dollars um you know, that's why we're coming, you know, our subscription uh, plan with Weekly Harvest. So kind of going back to the business model, right? Like we now know how much we can produce from a system. So that actually means we know exactly how much is coming off per week. So how do we get rid of that? And the rise of Blue Aprons and Daily Harvest and all these other subscription services, that that, that trend in the industry has allowed us to be like, okay, well, that is actually the, the business model to kind of go forward. And so how do you how do you let the consumer uh, see their subscription or their, their purchasing of a subscription of, of salads? How do, do they view that as impact? Because I can I can actually show them how many jobs that helps create, how much you know how much uh, land we get to reclaim in, in a in a city and keep it a farm. Like I can I can put those to metrics, right? Mm-hmm. So at the end of the day, my team is the number one asset that we have, and our goal is to you know be impactful to our communities. So absolutely. Finally, can you tell me a little bit about your plans? Uh, what are your plans for the next five or even ten years? Mm-hmm. So five years, let, let's talk about that. So we just purchased a, a four acre farm in uh, New Britain. So um, it used to be the old Urban Oaks farm. Uh, so it's actually one of the oldest ur- uh, urban farms in the country. Oh, um, so it's, yeah, it's, it's a lot of gems in Connecticut you don't know about, right? Um, so we, uh, we purchased that last year. And the reason why we purchased it was that the operator and the owner never used to be the same. So there was always a conflict of like being able to do more stuff to the farm and kind of, it, need, it needs rehabbing, right? It needs investment to it. So we're focused on making that like a sustainable business model that can just go on in perpetuity, right? That That's the that's the, the realistic five-year goal. Ambitious five-year goal, right? Mm-hmm. We have a very ambitious five-year goal to actually have at least three to four more of the locations around the state. And what what's interesting about our farm in New Britain is that we have about 17,000 square feet of greenhouse space, so wow. year-round growing. Yep. We only plan to grow inside those greenhouses. We may put up one more. But the other two and a half to three acres of land that we have, we're actually looking to make it into an educational ag tourism kind of uh, destination. Mm-hmm. So uh, schools that we work with, we, we go into the schools and we set up aquaponic systems and do these different uh, kind of uh, educational experiences. Well, let's make a really unique one that they can come on a field trip for. They can kind of go through the, the different aspects of uh, farming and, nice. and, uh, and, yeah. and new and new age farming, I guess you can say. And uh, and then they get guess what? Then they get to eat a salad that was literally harvested that day. So Fantastic. they then so like let's connect the dots and everything. Yeah, what so a great field trip. yeah, yeah, and and it goes back actually to connecting back into my alma mater at CCSU and doing the yeah. other stuff, right? Like coming from a, a I saw Elon Musk actually put out a tweet today. He's like somebody sent me my uh, my uh, uh, thing that I put on my blog like f- fourteen years ago. Is like make an electric car, you know? Then then like <laughs> make the electric car like uh, affordable, and then and it's all kind of and if you look at him, like, yeah, he actually put those out a bunch of years ago, and he's putting the, that 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 plan into effect. The same for us. We have a you know 100-page business plan, very detailed that we don't look at anymore because we don't need to because we know the trajectory, we know the path, mm-hmm. and it's just you know 
winding your way to it. So. To where you want to be. Yeah, exactly. Fantastic. Listen, Eric, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you very much. Look forward to maybe meeting uh, and speaking again in the future. For sure. I wish you uh, a great deal of uh, right. luck and success. Thank you very much. Thank you for, for having me on the podcast. Absolute pleasure. Thank you, Eric. <laughs>